1: Well, welcome back to the Bowling Point, folks. Um, I, I actually invited the next guest, which is. Who is it? Judy or Judith Mackin. She's this fabulous person who you know. I had the privilege of interviewing her uh, in my column. And uh, I wanted to get Judy. And hi, Judy, by the way.
2: Hi, by the way, Dave.
3: Hi, Greg. <laughs> hi, Judith. <laughs> That's um, the first time you call me Greg Judith. Gregory, we were just talking that Judith always calls me Gregory, and it it it, it makes my heart melt. <laughs> Too
2: much information. Uh, uh,
3: okay, continue, David.
1: <laughs> All right, he's up. well. We've been we've been having a lot of fun with these podcasts because we get to meet these fabulous people like Judith. And um, Judith, why don't we just throw it over to you just to introduce yourself um, quickly? And and we got we got some you know some. Some questions we want to ask you related to, you know, how you're showing up in this marketplace and how you, um, you know, Tuck studios and, and being creative and all this great stuff. So I'll get you thinking about that. But why don't you introduce yourself?
2: Okay, uh, so yes, I'm Judith Mackin. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur in uh, Saint John, New Brunswick. Uh, I've been in business since 1997. My first company, sorry, I should say 1999. Um, my first business was Punch Productions, which was a marketing agency. And in 2009, I emerged and sort of opened a sister company, uh, Punch Inside, which is an interior design um, firm, which special. Specializes in commercial and residential interiors. And then just about 18 months ago, uh, I opened up my third company, Tuck Studio, which is a decor and design studio, which is located in level zero of our home. And um, we feature modern furnishings and decor.
1: And it's a stunning place by the way. I mean, it's beautiful and is and it's it's actually really interesting um, you know, how you built your home and how you you came along in terms of your know, location and and how you've integrated your business and your life and all those sorts of things. Um, how would you describe the the, the you know, the house and the place where Tuck Studios resides? Like how, what would your
2: description of it be? Uh, well, we're the most modern house in the city now, I think. Um, we're located, yeah, we're literally smack dab in the center of the city. Um, we're right on the cliff on Mount Pleasant. So we overlook the, the, the city line, I guess. And we're on 2.3 acres of land, which I think is the only, it was the only vacant piece of land left in the city with that much wooded area on it and um we hired architects to come in and help us uh, sort of build our dream home and you know make no mistake we'll be broke for the rest of our lives <laughs> but I mean it's all about where you choose to spend your money but we also saw it as a destination for our business so that when people come here we call the project into the wild so that when people drive literally off the highway up our gravel driveway especially in the summertime they're very secluded and you know there's lots of parking but it just all of a sudden becomes like a quiet sort of serene place where people can come in and tour around the studio and then you know i mean we may be crazy trust agents but we allow people to come upstairs and tour the house and you know just sort of because we live what we sell we we want people to be in conversation with what we're doing with design and and industrial design, meaningful design. So, Judith, um, for our
3: listeners in uh, Hong Kong, Dubai, and Sao Paulo. Uh, we <laughs> wow,
2: hi. <laughs> hi, hi. Hi, everybody. Um,
3: <laughs> let's paint a picture of what the city is like that your business and your home is overlooking, because this will lead very nicely into the theme of our discussion today, because um, I, I truly believe that St. John, New Brunswick, where you're located, there's a St. John, New Brunswick all over the place. Every every mm-hmm. corner of the world has a city like like ours, industrial right. city, uh, uh, a city that's uh, had great success in its history and and great lows as well. Why don't you paint a quick little picture about the city that that we 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 all live in here in St. John? Just for the listen, right. listeners who may not have ever, ever heard of this place.
2: Mm-hmm. So Yeah, you're right. I, I've been kicking around the city for 46 years now, um, my whole life. And uh, you're right. It is a small town. It's, it's shrunk recently. Uh, I think we're about population of, you know, in the St. John area, 70 000 to 75,000, you know, expanding out to the suburban areas. It's probably 110,000 thereabouts. But, um, you know, uh, typically we might be considered an industrial blue-collar town. I kind of cringe at that now because I think that um, I think we've surpassed that now I think there's a lot of IT and a lot of arts and a lot of culture here and um, you know one thing I can say about the city and I think you would both agree it's probably the friendliest place I know Uh, and I don't just say that because I live here but people that are here are very genuine and I don't think you get a lot of that always in masses in big cities but the one thing I'm convinced of for St. John as you know, all the little cities in Hong Kong and everywhere else is people don't have to live in big cities to be sophisticated, to be educated, and to be um, to know what's going on in the world. And I believe that we're on par with any other city when it comes to that sophistication and that longing for, you know, having great things happening in our lives and in our city. All
1: uh, right. And you know what, that's a beautiful segue into what we wanted. to, one of many things we could talk to you about. But the one thing I find really interesting is, so I don't know if you know this, Greg, but of Judith has uh, as I launch certain companies um, you know you got an idea of what it is she's helped me with branding and she is creative like unbelievably creative in terms of how she can help you understand your brand in new ways mm-hmm. and you know and you just go to our vision coaching site to see you know her her brand actually I mean, eight years ago Judy or whatever it was seven years yeah. ago yeah. and and yeah. so and so you just you know that is this wonderful creativity you have and I, I, I don't want, we want to find out where it comes from but before that is the other thing you're doing that I think really connects with what Greg and I are doing um, is I see you as educating a marketplace um, around design and I or at least you're certainly educating me and 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 actually even my kids because I should like the, I don't know if you saw the post I put on your your blog yeah. recently But yeah. she has this like she has this fabulous way of educating you without even really recognizing and all of a sudden you're like geez yeah how, what is the design of my house you know how how could my kid you know so mm-hmm. it, it's really it's really cool and you and I see you using a combination of traditional media and also you know kind of new forms of media like social media so um mm-hmm. how, how do you you know for the people out there that that want to educate a market, like what, mm-hmm. and what a tough market too. And you know, and, 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 you know this is this tough times actually in this economy right now. But what's your approach to that, or what has been your approach to it?
2: So, so two questions, uh, or I guess two answers to two questions. I think the first thing is is. Um, I'm always reluctant to use the term educating the market because somehow I think because I'm completely self-taught I don't think I'm in a position to educate and I mean that's just uh, a, a personal thing. What I feel is is I'm just in conversation with my community right and, and so to me uh, if I'm writing a column or I'm writing for HGTV or I'm blogging or I'm guest speaking to me I'm just there to talk about what excites me and I'm pretty pretty hopeful that my audience, whoever that is, the, the end reader, the end user at the end of the computer or the reader of the newspaper or what have you, I just am hoping that they're wanting to be in the same conversation, right? So, you know, I can talk about my experiences. I can talk about my loves. I can talk about my respects. I can talk about the importance of, you know, why good industrial design matters and why we need to think about the objects that we place in our home or, you know, whatever the topic. Talk- happens to be and then I'm, I want to hear back from the next person, right? So, you know, I'm constantly asking other people's advice and, and learning from people, people I don't know. I'll tweet them, people that, you know, you never think would ever respond back to you. You know, in the world of Twitter, that's, that's possible today, right? So, and I've made lots of friends that way, like all over the world by just being open and being in conversation. Um, so I guess that's, that's one thing. And I guess the other thing is, is that I really trust my Community, I like it goes back to what I was saying earlier. People are sophisticated no matter where you live. And if I'm interested in interior design, rest assured that, you know, my target audience that live in the city and beyond are as well. So to me, it's just literally, it's like walking into a coffee shop and just sitting down and just starting a conversation with somebody. Yeah.
3: So, yeah. This is really cool, Judith. And one question I have is, um, you have a great talent for content generation, uh, through your words, uh, you, mm. you write in the articles, you write blogs, you're very well connected in the social, in the social front, um, so some people don't have that knack, or they think they don't have that knack to uh, mm-hmm. to create really valuable content to speak to a community, a, a broader global community, the way you do. Um, mm-hmm. But it's working for you, and you—it's know, working for Dave. It's working for me as well. When you commu- when you communicate this way, uh, your personal brand it becomes recognized for the exact same reason why it would be recognized if you walked into a party and started shaking hands and talking to people. So, right. from your experiences, what, you know, your investment of time to to communicate with your local community and your global community th- through the use of words and, you know, you know, I know you don't want to use the word educate, but you're starting conversations. Mm. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah the, what's your perspective on it? IE, what would your life be like right now if you weren't investing in that? That side.
2: Well, you don't have a choice but to invest in it. I mean, you, you run your business and then that takes up like 40 hours a week. And then the other 40 hours are all of the extras, which is blogging, writing, photographing, you know, doing social outreach. Um, and I guess that's just something that comes with being an entrepreneur. You know, the 40 hour weeks don't exist. It's more like 70 or 80 But to me, it's, I don't have a choice because if I, if I do a design for, let's say the latest House of Chan restaurant and I don't write about it, I don't photograph it properly. I don't, I don't talk about the design and talk about what, you know, the elements, then it just sort of sits there dormant for the occasional people that walk in and they have no idea that they're looking at Brothers Dressler lights or they're looking at stools that were designed in 1927. So to me, it's it's almost like you have an obligation to your community to talk to them about not just that you're doing the work, but why the work is important and what's behind it. That's cool. And then the other, yeah, the other part of that is just to answer the question, question more specifically, is that you have to surround yourself with people that are better at things than you are. So for example, yeah, I write a lot, but I'm a terrible writer. Like if you saw my columns before they went through my husband, who's an English professor, like they'd never get published, right? I'm an ideas girl. I'm creative, but I hate writing. And I do a lot of it, but I surround myself with a good editor. You know, I can't shoot a camera to save my life. I pay proper photographers to photograph my work. So you have to have a like a subgroup of people around you that can help you in the areas that you're not good at. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, we don't have money to do that. Well, barter, find a way. There's always a way to make things happen.
1: And that's, I mean, to me, that's part of your mantra, isn't it? Always, yeah, always. I mean, because like, it's not like someone handed this to you. This is, and, and in, in terms of creativity, how do you? Because you are one of the most creative people I know. Um, you I'm know, not the most creative. You are. <laughs> phrase, you, what, what,
3: what, what Mr. Vale meant to say. <laughs> Who are these other? Pre- <laughs> these other creative I'm people staring, you know, I'm staring <laughs> at one right now he I, is, I, I'm <laughs> on my knees looking up to the Judith <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I like to surround myself with creative people because they inspire me and when I right. see some of the stuff you're coming up with what I'm wondering is and you know here's the thing I'm learning as I'm, I'm working with organizations a lot of creativity is stifled for whatever reason people and mm-hmm. I think a lot I think I think culturally it can happen I think I think we can do it to ourselves and people's even notion of what is creative is can be confused you know does it does that mean mm-hmm. do you have to be artistic? does that mean so so how do you nurture your own creativity?
2: Hmm. I think what, it, I think creativity has nothing to do with being artistic, actually. Um, you know, there are artists, there are professional artists, and there are people that are artists that are creative, but I don't think you have to be artistic to be creative. Like, for example, I can't draw my way out of a bag. I, I can't draw. I, you know, there's very little I can do. I think creativity is all about knowing who to surround yourself with and who is um, as courageous as you are to go along the journey of executing a project. Like that to me is creative or it's looking at a solution and saying, okay, how can we do this completely and utterly unique compared to the way it's ever been done before? Like you have to have courage, I think, to be creative. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know. I guess no, no, that, uh, that's that's what's worked for me anyway. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and, 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 and so as, so what are you noticing um, as you... You know feel like you're 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 not letting fear get the best you're not you're not you're not you know kind of hiding from the fact that you want to have this conversation what are you learning as you have the conversation I mean, versus saying educate what are you learning about you know when you get beyond maybe fear or or embrace you know be courageous and put right. yourself out put yourself out there what, what do you learn about yourself and-
2: well most of the time I'm learning I'm again learning more about my community that most of my community doesn't even bat an eye like things that I think are, you know, maybe too over the top or they're too avant-garde or, oh, I don't know, will that be accepted? You know, you put it out there and people are like, that's awesome. Love it, you know. And and, and again, it goes back to people in, in our cities, no matter where you live, people are sophisticated. People are, are hungry and they're thirsty for change. So, and, and you know, it's like, what's the worst that can happen? You pitch an idea and they say no. Well, okay, so you're no further behind. You, you really have Nothing to lo- lose and
3: everything to gain. Mm, and that really is the spirit of entrepreneurialism. Uh, and I've always connected being an entrepreneur to being a creative artist. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's all risk. You, and it's, it's vulnerability all as risk. well. It's like yeah. you're, you're like you're putting something out that you might think is uh, too avant-garde, for example. But you have to put it out, you know, because if you don't, look at all the magic that doesn't happen because you didn't take that risk, you know. And, and, you know, I I share this uh, with Dave that, uh, you know, uh, whether you think you're teaching (laughs) or uh, or not, I've learned a ton from uh, just from what you've been doing in the the world of design. Like I pay attention now Uh, ever since you Mm -hmm. helped me with the interior design of my office and got me these little plastic chairs that I would never have understood the value of. They were
2: Kareem Rashid chairs they were like plastic no, chairs no 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 that, that's
3: what i'm saying before before <laughs> now now who's been judy's bad boy right? trying no, no, educating
2: I I, I I
3: exactly i i, th- I think you're, you're you're hearing me wrong here before we got those chairs she's not anything looked, wrong i would have looked careful. at careful uh, uh, coach dave why don't you give me a second here uh, i would i would have looked at plastic chairs and say hey those are yeah. cool cool looking plastic chairs but guess what yeah. There's a story behind those plastic chairs, right? Mm-hmm. And once I knew what the story was behind uh, those plastic chairs, and once that actual designer came to our city to speak, which unfortunately I wasn't yeah. able to go. But Judith, that was uh, that was you bringing this new bit of, uh, you know, educational force into our city. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that is so cool. And that's going to bridge me into something else really quick. Is uh, our last podcast, podcast guest, uh, we were talking about um, the epic things you can do f- from being from a small community, i.e. don't, mm. don't see it as uh, crippling, but more of a strength. Um, but do you find that being from a smaller city, uh, a smaller city that might not have the best self-esteem... Uh, but a small city that you can flow really well in, and that you do have support. Do you have? Do you find that you've been able to to uh, become connected on more of a national, and international level because of that small, insecure little city that uh, that you actually have support in? Um,
2: cause oh, I, definitely, I, yeah. definitely. Because it's like, even if you talk about traditional media you know a lot of the bigger publications are are thirsty for content from the east coast because there just isn't any you know so i you know i'm all over jumping into that opportunity because yeah i i don't mind being not that i am the voice for the east coast in design but often i get called from bigger cities because they're just like what else is going on so so it is an opportunity it's not it's not a weakness and then also within our it, being within a small city I've always found that like in in different businesses that have opened other businesses, um, for example, the wine bar or here newspaper, you know, those were both two, um, types of businesses that people were just thirsty for, you know, an independent newspaper and a wine bar, like, but none of those things had existed before in the city, but the city was able to embrace it because they were like, yeah, we want that. So to me, St. John and all small cities that are lacking in maybe cultural or businesses that don't exist, it's just a beautiful opportunity to come in there and say, let's take advantage of this and let's fill that void. It's a blank slate. It's a blank slate. And the other thing is, like, in my business, I'm not concerned about the masses. I'm not interested in, you know, people that are going to come here and look for a sofa for $700. That's not my market, right? Um, Really, in business, you only need to focus on a niche market and, and and a specific clientele and then treat that clientele really, really well. Right. So I, I, you know, we live in a city of 70,000 people. I only really need about a thousand people that are dedicated to my business to keep me successful. Right.
3: Yeah. That's that's cool. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I don't do blanket advertising, for example. Right. It's all social media. It's one on one personal interaction. It's thank you notes to people like I know every customer that comes into the studio.
1: You know, and, you know, that's a really interesting thing because I I know um, a question I got once and I struggled with it. and, and, And the more I understand the answer to it, the more focused I can be is who is your customer? You know, mm-hmm. and really being able to say, it, you know, and, and the story was uh, actually the, the guy who asked me, that was Francis McGuire, and he's a CEO mm. of Major Drilling. And, um, you know, you'd think, you know, when he, when he was asking who his customers, he he started recognizing that, you know, they do these spe- specialized drilling all over the world. It's actually the, like, I believe it was like the geologists in in on certain job sites it was really their customer, you know. So mm-hmm. it's, and, and, and speaking to that customer, making mm. sure they understand, you know, what the value proposition is. So how did you, how, you know, when you look at your customer, give us an example of who that would be.
2: So I, I think my customer is somebody that's curious about design, curious about, um, you know, how we approach, you know, a lot of people approach cars. They want to do their research and, you know, or, you know, their handbags or their shoes or, you know, they their art purchasers. They they care and they're thoughtful about the things that they surround their life with, be it in their house, their home, their, their office, or what have you. I think my customer is somebody that's interested in following the through line the same way that I am. And that, that customer can come in the form of an 18 year old who's just coming in to look around, or it could be uh, the cardiologist who comes in and buys the entire furnishings for his house. And I'll tell you the other thing, I give both clients the exact same amount of attention uh, and treat them exactly the same. Because, again, you have to remember that everyone that steps through the door is your customer, whether they have two cents to rub together or, you know, two million, it doesn't matter. So
1: it's really about so you're describing an attitude really more than anything.
2: I think so. Yeah, yeah. Like and, it's, and it's not a
1: certain demographic. In other words, you know what I mean. Like, and that's really cool. Right. Like, you I mean, when you say right. it's being I'm curious. curious yeah, you know, I mean, it's yeah, like, yeah, out. that's. Um, um, well, I know you got a seven-year-old that, that as a customer. Um, That's true. <laughs> who now wants his his freaking
3: room done like Spider Man? See, do you know, I, 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 Judo, uh, product is like a like a uh, entry drug, you know. Yeah, just, uh, it <laughs> is. <yeah. laughs> oh, it's so great! And of course,
1: I naturally go, "Hey, look at this, Liam! You know, is my son, and he goes, I want that.'" I'm like, "Oh my God, what did I? Uh, well, we got to talk about that." Um, so,
2: but, but here's an interesting thing, Dave. I didn't do that design. That was done by um, Massimo's mother, Anna Schiccoloni. I wrote about that though right because again I'm interested in what other people are doing for design in the community so I went out and I interviewed her and her little boy right And, and I think that that also helps me become a trust agent, right? Because it's not just all about me and my designs and my product. I'm constantly looking outside of my own stories to tell other people's stories, nice. right? Yes, totally. So, I guess, that's a
1: very good point. Mm-hmm. Where does your inspiration come from? Last question.
2: Where does my inspiration come from? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a big question Uh, I am inspired by my clients like people that uh, want to come in and want to change in their life or people that hire me to you know do interiors for them I'm inspired by designers I'm inspired by artists I'm deeply inspired by my husband who's all of those things plus a poet and a remarkable man like I mean and then I'm I'm inspired by that 18 year old I talked about who comes through the The door and doesn't really understand what she's looking at and asks lots of questions. Like, I'm motivated and generated by other people's curiosity right mm-hmm. well yeah I, th- I think this
3: is great Judith and uh, sincerely uh, you, you've been an inspiration for us. a lot of us yeah, uh, yeah. including these two people in this tiny little room uh, that <laughs> we're be, sitting in be, he, this he would, you would over. not be inspired enough to be in here with oh, us we, we probably but, don't smell great right now yeah. uh, we, we've been doing a, a lot of these and uh, Judith it's, it's so cool because like we've been today we've been interviewing uh, people from New York um, people from Boston uh, St. John uh, Halifax. Halifax. And it's like all these epic stories are equally epic, whether you're from right. the big city of Austin or the, the little town of St. John. And as we find our groove in this podcast, it feels like it's, it's a running theme. Is yeah. In this flat world, we can make international, global... Um, Ripple effects from these small areas, and I, I, I and you're doing it. I think it's it's awesome. Okay, and one last thing:
1: when you have a chance, we want you to check out at Boiling Point Pod, and okay. just look at the picture because we I just saw it today, and we're asking our guests what they think of the picture. <laughs> So when you okay. have a chance to check it out, okay, and and we're yep. open to suggestions and feedback, uh, all, okay. Uh, and and but, and with Judy, you won't have a choice. Um, <laughs> I
2: was gonna say yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, but thank you for for just being you, uh, taking the time to get on with us and you know teach us and our our, our, our soon to be massive audience about being creative, having a conversation versus educating, yeah. and uh, just being awesome.
3: That's great, Judy. Thanks oh, so much. Thanks
2: love you both talk to you soon see you later
3: bye 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 okay that was good again Oh yeah, yeah. So so Dave is taking his headphones off. <laughs> you can always forget right. that we do at least uh, one takeaway. I'm a little at slow. Least. I'm
1: a little slow. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Uh, what? Uh, well, I just. I mean, you know, we have a, such a personal connection to Judy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So 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 that was. It was just wonderful to hear. She's so expressive. Like, do you, and do you. You know what? You know what I take from when I listen to, to Judith is she has this, a uh, brilliant way of expressing stuff concisely, and she Articulate. also. Yeah. yeah, and she and she integrates. Like and she's and is done very intelligently, right? Like mm-hmm. I mean, she, I mean, she's inspiring on a whole bunch of levels, uh, but, you know. But as and as I was listening to her today, I was thinking, did you see how she brought her clients' names into, you know, yeah. and helped uh, spread the the word, the love, whatever you want yeah, to describe, yeah. um, through her story? That's right. And that's that's a you know, because I think everyone we've talked to is um, today, uh, the last few interviews, I should say, has have been um, some way building community. And, um, and Judith has thing. her way of building community. And I, so I, and I like, you know, that thing about being courageous, putting it out
3: there, yeah. trusting, you know, and having one, a conversation. And so speaking of community, one, one thing we didn't go too far into, but Judith is, uh, a, a, um, she's very fortunate like we are and like other people from small t- cities are uh, to be risky, you know, because this is kind of like the playground a little bit. Like it's it's just as important as the bigger markets to be making an impression on. But you can get away with more in a smaller market. Uh, but you know what? I would I I hear you, and I would say some people. Like so, you're doing
1: that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm doing that to a degree. Judy's certainly doing it. I think. I think there are people, though, Greg, that would say, Oh, I don't want to fall on my face in front of my neighbors." Yeah, yeah, but right? that's the
3: vulnerability part, right? That so, comes
1: well, with. So, so I mean, yeah. so I mean, you know, in some for some people, it can be even harder it's to scary. do it yeah. in your in your back gra- backyard. I mean, yeah. I'm with you, though. I totally agree with you. But I'm just thinking, it's funny because you know some people don't want to take that leap because you know, well, people know me as this. Yeah, yeah, and that's
3: okay too. But I. I really think those entrepreneurs that actually cut through, yeah. like the Mickey McDonalds, and yeah. these are the people who are just going for it. Yeah. And uh, whether they know they can do it or not, they just do it. Yeah. And I think that's great. So, uh, and it's almost. You
1: know, the other thing I was going to say is, it's interesting as you think of, the, of of the interview with Mickey and Judy. Is um, it's almost like um, not going for it is not even an option. It's not an option. And that's you know, that's pretty pretty cool. Like in other words, well, if it doesn't work, you just try again. You pick yourself up and keep going. That's it. Love it. Okay, see you next time, Dave. All right, brother.
0: Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit HemmingsHouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep that pot boiling.
2: Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers.